The intense human energy you'll encounter on the streets of Naples is truly one of a kind. You'll either love it or hate it. To help prepare you for the scene in Naples, we're joined now by two American guides, originally from Cleveland and Chicago, who've made themselves at home in Italy for years now. They'll take your calls at 877-333-7425. Nina Bernardo and Anne Long, welcome. Thanks, Hi, Rick. Rick. Thanks. So you're both uh, Americans who've adopted Italy. Nina, what's your story? I came to Italy in 1996 to spend one year there, and 20 years later, I'm still there. I You're love still it. still there. You yeah. love it. Anne Long, what's your story? I came over for six months to learn the language while I was deciding about a change in major at university and ended up staying 37 years, marrying. And now you live in Sor- Sorrento. Sorrento, which is sort of the resort town an hour south of Naples. Right, to the good base. And Nina, you live in Rome? I live in Rome, but I lived in Naples for four years. So when you think about Italy, I I love this term, bella chaos. Uh, What does that mean to you, Nina? I think that to the outside, it seems really chaotic, but they have their own set of internal rules. So you just have to sort of spend enough time there to figure out how they're doing things. Because it does work. It's worked for centuries. It works for them, yeah. And and people could sort it out if they wanted to, I suppose. I suppose, but that would take away all the charm. (laughs) So when I say bella chaos, that means in Italian, I, I believe. Beautiful, beautiful chaos. Beautiful chaos. That's right. And uh, I always think it's interesting that when I go to a hotel, I ask to be on a quiet room in the back. Italians often prefer to be on the noisy room in the front. They just like to be part of the scene. Oh, they want to be in the main square of, of a town. They don't want to live in a little outside of the town where you have a garden and things. They want to be right where all the noise and traffic right and the smells are. Now, when we think of bella chaos, I think Naples is sort of the queen of bella chaos. What What is it about Naples that makes it so intense, Nina? I think part of it is that um, you have all these people living in a very tiny geographic area. So everything that happens in a bigger city happens in a much smaller space. So it feels more intense. It's got this tangible energy. And Neapolitans are, by nature, theatrical and dramatic. It's just a good And everybody drama. wants to be the star of the show. So how are you going to be the star of the show if you're kind of quiet and reserved and standing in the background? And when you're thinking about Naples, I think about corruption. I think about organized crime. I think about poverty, crowding, and strikes. It's all true, <laughs> true, true, and true. But Naples was such a, a big kingdom, the south of Italy, kingdom of Sicilies, the two Sicilies. So they were very powerful. They had a lot of money. And then all of a sudden, when the Italy's united, they lose their money, they lose their power, and they are still looking for that grandeur. Mm-hmm. And in order to get that grandeur back, then you get the bad people coming in that are selling jobs and giving them in employment that the national government won't do. First time I got off a train in Naples, I was, a, I was a, just a school kid, and I was met by a man in a, in a doctor's white robe, and he said, we need blood for a dying baby. And it was just surrounded by garbage and chaos and, and dogs, and, and I looked into this man's eyes, and I thought, I'm getting back on the train. I literally got back on the train, and I went to Greece. <laughs> I, 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 with all your blood. With all my blood and all my belongings. And to this day, I, I enjoy going back to that spot and uh, remembering how frightened I was with my first visit. But also, now I'm a mature enough traveler to get beyond the, the riffraff at the train station. What's your advice, Anne, for somebody arriving at the station in Naples for their first time? We as Americans, were too polite. We, we tend to stop when somebody says, may I talk to you, may I ask you something. Just keep moving until you can get out of there, and then you can get mixed in with the real Neapolitans. They're nice people. Naples has really cleaned up its station as well. It's not as dodgy as it used to be. And police protection. Yeah. I mean, it is the place where you first arrive. You have to be careful, but it's not like it was 20 years ago either. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Nina Bernardo and Anne Long about Naples.
Debbie's calling from Omaha. Hi, Debbie. Hello. I went on a tour, which was fabulous. We had a wonderful time. We went with a driver, and it was so busy, and scooters scooting in and out, we were afraid to get out of our van. (laughs) It's pretty crazy traffic. I remember, uh, Debbie, with my groups, uh, helping them get across the street, because you have to be bold, you have to stick together, and you have to just forge your way across that traffic. No hesitation mm-hmm. allowed. And what were, your, what were your favorite memories of Naples? We found a little pizza place right along the water where you could see Mount Vesuvius. We had wonderful pizza and house wine. You know, Naples brags that it's the birthplace of pizza. It's the home of the best pizza. It is the birthplace mm-hmm. of pizza. <laughs> it is definitively <laughs> the birthplace of pizza. And uh, there's a, a street called Via Tribunale which has some amazing little pizzerias on it. Oh, every other shop is a pizzeria there, and yeah. they, are, they all have lines. And they, if you're sort of the, the basic, fundamental pizzeria, you're going to serve... Marinara Mar- and Margarita. Marinara and Margarita. What are those two? What do they? So Marinara is just with uh, the tomato sauce and the basil, and then the Margarita has the mozzarella cheese on it as well, named after the queen, the second king of Italy's wife, Queen Margarita. That's how it gets its name. And mozzarella is kind of a, a local treat in that area, right, isn't it? Right, exactly, yeah. especially the buffalo milk mozzarella. Debbie, what was your favorite pizza? Do you remember? We had the margarita. It was delicious. The margarita. Yeah. Uh-huh. If you order margarita, you're not going to get a drink. You're going to get a pizza. Be careful about that when you're in Italy. <laughs> All right, thanks for your call, Debbie. All right, thank Happy you. Happy travels. Amanda's calling from Chicago. Hi, Amanda. Hi, thank you so much for taking my call. Um, I had a question about the secret room in the uh, Naples Museum. I was there, and it was closed and under construction, and I know how long Italian construction can take. So I was just wondering if you knew if it was back open. The secret room. First of all, the secret room at the Naples Museum. The Naples Museum is an amazing museum that has all of the greatest art from Pompeii. And 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 Herculaneum. So when you go to Pompeii, it feels like it's been stripped bare. Thank goodness it has, because that would have been pillaged and and so on. And now it's safely out of the weather, out of the elements in downtown Naples. So I would say no no visit to Pompeii or Herculaneum, the the, uh, towns that were destroyed by the eruption of Mount Vesuvius 79 years after Christ. No visit to those archaeological sites is complete without going to the great Naples Museum in downtown Naples. You'll see wonderful art, exquisite mosaics, paintings, and also a room full of... Well, Nina, can you explain what's in the secret room? Well, it was a secret room because it was considered off-limits and you had to get special permission at one time to go in because it was considered scandalous. But basically, it's erotica or pornography used in different ways in ancient Roman society. So as a way of telling jokes or entertaining your guests or what you would find in a brothel. Think about all the travelers that went through Pompeii and didn't speak the same language but were going to the brothels and needed So you need to, like a, a menu of what's You need sale. a menu, right. And... Luck. If you had a lot of children, you were lucky because they could take over your business, your fields, or whatever. And so the penis was always considered anything that had That's to right, do... That's right, because all you see is lots of uh, phallic symbols, phallic symbols and giant everywhere. penises, and that would be for fertility. For fertility. And, and uh, for old age security. So you could put it on a big uh, mosaic of a penis on your wall, and, and a, you weren't trying to be sexy. Well, they're still wearing them around their neck in the form of a, a little... Uh, charm. So it's a good luck charm it or, or fertility. And it is, is it open now to answer? Oh, yes, it is absolutely open. open. Yeah. So, Amanda, the secret room is wide open. I will start starting uh, to plan my next trip. Thanks for your call. Thank you. So when we think about Naples, I think about living in the street. 
Nina, talk about Spacanopoli, the Spanish Quarter, and Basso living. So their apartments are so incredibly small, especially if you live in a basso. Basso means low, so they're the ground floor apartments where you only have a door that opens out into the street, maybe a window, and then your apartment goes straight back. So very little light, so you want to spend as little time as possible in there. So that's why you're living your life outside on the streets. And there is no such thing as privacy in Naples. They're kind of nosy, and they want to know what's going on in everybody else's life. When I was living in uh, Naples, there was a wonderful little trattoria across from my apartment, and the owners lived next door to me. And my mother came to visit, and I took her there, and we had a wonderful meal. And my mother said, was complimenting the woman on the meal, and said, oh, this is my daughter. She lives here. And the woman interrupted her and said, oh, I know exactly who your daughter is, and she does this, that, and the other. And I had no idea. And we were just neighbors, and, and so she knew everything. everybody knows what's going everybody on. Everybody knows what's connected. going on. Anne Long, take me on a, just a quick look into the Spanish Quarter or the Spacanopoli. This is the most characteristic rough-and-tumble district in Naples. What what is the charm of it? Yeah, the architecture is from 400, 500, 600 years ago. It is stepping back in time because the cobblestones, the buildings, even the grime and the dirt on the buildings look like it's been there for 300 years. And yet it's so lively. And if you could get inside, I've been inside a couple of the apartments that are in Spacanopoli. They're absolutely gorgeous Mm. with very high ceilings and beautiful chandeliers and beautiful balconies. They're hidden behind a curtain. Spacanopoli, that means split Naples, Naples. doesn't it? It's one straight street that cuts through the ancient heart of the town. That goes back to... Ancient Greek times. Yeah, Decumanus. Uh, it's so 2,500 years. 500 years before Christ. And today people are still living and working in the same place. And I think if any traveler who goes there and spends any time in Pompeii and wants to try to imagine what life was like in ancient Rome, Napoli is the place to imagine it because the grid pattern of the streets, Spacanopoli is on top of what Anne was saying, the Decumanus mayor. It's just underneath 30 mm-hmm. feet, but it's the same grid pattern. And the big wide sills in the windows, they would sell their, their goods? Right, exactly. Like they and they're still putting their times. wares out on the streets just like the ancient people in Pompeii did. So that is the delightful pinnacle of sightseeing in Naples is to wander through the neighborhoods and imagine that you're just in centuries past. You've got baskets being dropped down by old ladies from the fifth floor that don't get out much anymore to pick up their produce, and you've got people playing cards on the folding table. Yeah, and they're telling the man's walking around with the bird that pulls out the lucky number that you should play in the lottery. Lovers sitting together on a motorino, on a, on a little motorbike that exactly. don't have a private place to go. I and mean, if you go into the Spanish Quarter, an older gentleman might have a little side hustle by having set up a little table outside his basso, and maybe he's selling you some sausage or something that he's made in his, in his own kitchen. I love it. Playing music. So if you haven't been to Naples since, uh, like since when that doctor told me they need blood for a dying baby, (laughs) (laughs) it's time to go back to Naples and, and get an update. Thanks so much, Nina and Anne. You're very welcome, Rick. You're welcome. Each year, Rick Steves tour guides take thousands of free spirited travelers on escorted tours through Europe, one small group at a time. This year, you can choose from more than 40 different vacations in Europe's best destinations, from Ireland to Greece, and practically everywhere in between. Begin your next trip at ricksteves.com. 